again. So we're starting off with my special scenarios again. Basically, let's imagine you wake up and you feel very sick. Then you can't go to school or you can't go to work. Such a drag, isn't it? Because when you go to school or work, you learn something actually. So therefore, you listen to the, this podcast, and so you won't lose anything. You won't waste your whole day doing nothing because you are learning something, even though you're sick. Great. Welcome to episode five of Ecotrophism: Strategic Equilibrium. Okay, so strategic equilibrium.、Um, you might be very confused right now. So, what does this mean, or why is this even related to what I'm doing? So, let's look at the words individually. So, equilibrium is basically a balance or a middle point of something. So, let's say there's something called thermal equilibrium in science, where I think you find the equal amount. Or you find the balance between the amount of heat something gives out and the amount of heat something receives. I'm not sure if I'm right. If I'm wrong, excuse me for that because、uh, my science ain't that great. <laughs> okay, so equilibrium is basically making both sides equal or finding the balance between both sides. And strategic is why do I. Explain why do I describe this as strategic? It is because the balance I'm going to、uh, present to you guys it's very important, and we need a lot of strategies or different various different varies of solutions in order to achieve this kind of balance. So this equilibrium is basically me finding the balance between economic development or economic sustainability. And environmental preservation. So this is a very very obvious balance, and it must be included in my project because I'm looking at tourism as well as the environment. What this gives me is that tourism economy, the shift towards the resource based economy to a tourism based economy. If you try to think of it, the Clackamas Sound Biosphere Region is trying to get a further economic development. So it is. Moving towards tourism, it is gaining a lot of profits, gaining a lot of revenue from tourism, and this is a kind of economic development. In every single country, in every single region, it is impossible to not have economic development. Economic development is a must, and I respect that. Of course, you need to sustain your economy to make sure everyone there has can sustain their lives, which is、um, ideal, of course. And also, it can、uh, develop economically. That's why you can,、um, like, by gaining more profit and by gaining more revenue,、um, our quality of lives would be much better. Economic development, economic sustainability, very useful. However, as I mentioned in the previous four episodes, in fact, that there are many, many impacts created by tourism. So, by this form of economic development, there are many impacts created. Therefore, environmental preservation is on the other on the other side where it should be definitely be concerned too, and it definitely should be considered on keeping it great. So basically, this is a balance to make sure that yes, you economic develop, you economic sustain, but at the same time, you need to be aware of preser 
by preserving the environment and protecting it. Instead of just saying, oh, hey, I um, we're shifting towards the tourism industry, therefore we don't have to care about the environment. This is the equilibrium I'm going to find out in this project. Basically, the balance between these two factors. Let me give you guys an example. So, as you recall from my previous episode, where I introduced other environmental impacts created by tourism, sorry, aside from waste and garbage, which I talked about in episode two, and carbon emissions, which I talked in episode three. So, I introduced more different kinds of environmental impacts. And one of them provided by Colin Robinson, he told me a lot of the impacts and I really learned a lot, especially some very special things such as this this one I'm going to highlight and the intertidal zones. But then this one is the one I'm talking about, let's say tourism, I think it's tourism boats or tourism zodiacs, just basically going into the ocean or onto the water and that kind of gives stress to whale habitat the these boats are not going to hunt the whales these boats aren't going to go fishing however their presence of being there like the increased amount of boats on the water just basically gives stress towards the whale population and it might disrupt their natural habitat and so we have to look at this as an example. Whale watching tours are one of the most prosperous uh, sources of economy, sources of income at the moment for the Clackwood Sound Biosphere region. A lot of tourists come to this region and most of them just basically do these whale watching tours because why won't they? It's a very rare opportunity to look at whales, right? So. This is the problem that it creates. It helps the region gain a lot of income. It helps the region economically develop because of these whale watching tours or because of these, like, I think mostly whale watching if, uh, if the tourists go on Zodiacs and they go to the, like, they go out to the water, mainly it's whale watching. But then at the same time, we have to make sure we don't disrupt well population that is a problem of the environment giving stress towards the wells it's harming their it's harming our wildlife it's harming their habitat and that is where the balance comes in how can we ensure that by having well watching tours we are earning profit however at the same time we control the number of well watching tours so that not many boats would be on the water disrupting or disturbing or stressing out the whales. In the last episode, I've showed you the first part of an interview with me and Colin Robinson. So as mentioned, Colin Robinson's uh, Colin Robinson is from the Clearcut Biosphere Trust. So basically he knows about everything. And the first part of the interview was him telling me about the impacts that he sees, um, the environmental impacts he sees from tourism. And that was a lot of information already. However, I will be showing you guys the second or third question that I asked. And this time, the question was, is the balance between economic development 
and environmental preservation important and should be conveyed to the public? And he gave some really interesting answers, which gave me a much deeper knowledge about this balance and how to approach it, I guess. So here's his answers. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so there's this, like, as you said uh, in the presentation before, there's this huge influx or I guess like a huge shift towards tourism industry in like this region. Mm -hmm. And well, this shift is, I guess it might be, it can be called like a type of economic development mm -hmm. or is this, uh, sustainability. So um, one of the aspects I'm figuring, like I'm looking into is kind of the balance between this economic development and uh, preservation of the environment. Mm -hmm. Do you think this balance is like really important and should be like conveyed to the public? Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that the Biosphere Project is trying to do is not make it like a binary, it's economic development or it's environmental conservation. And we're trying to bridge that gap, make it so how can you come up with models of, you know, sort of, sort of socioeconomic organization where the economic development is also an environmental conservation. So it's more just the shifting around of, of values and trying to factor parts of um, economic development into the environmental conservation piece. So for example, um, payment for ecosystem services is an idea that's really being put forward by the tribal parks, uh, the Tlokwit tribal parks program, whereby lots of businesses are generating economic, you know, growth through showing the environment to people, but the environment is an externality at this point so they're not having to necessarily pay the whales to show up you know oh. to be viewed yeah. but they're ultimately that's an externality so we're trying to bring you know support programs that bring uh, externalities into the loop um, and two like we're coming out of this what I would call like early stage scrappy development of the tourism industry where it's like there's a huge demand entrepreneurs rush to meet the demand Maybe that's buy a couple of zodiacs, put people on them, and show them whales, um, or build a hotel because people want to stay in it. That's sort of like the the I, I don't know what you would call the earliest stage, just getting the bare bones, like the logistical pieces, in to make this new economy work. But now we're trying to get more sophisticated and figure out how can we uh, leverage all of this prosperity or all of the money that's being generated from a tourism economy but do it in a way that's more uh, integrated and communicative to the visitors because ultimately yeah, we want people to learn we want this the, it's a powerful place with a really unique situation and hopefully we can yeah I guess impact people who visit here um, by teaching them about these sorts of things so okay. that's what the West Coast Nest programs trying to do yeah, yeah. Well, 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 such interesting and great answers. So basically, Colin helped me summarize my whole balance in just one sentence. So the sentence is, how can you come up with models of social economic organizations where the economic development is also an environmental conservation? We are looking at these socioeconomic organizations, especially tourism ones, where they can be able to, well, of course, gain income through tourism, but at the same time, be able to look into the environment and achieve this balance, basically, help to preserve the environment and help gain awareness towards this environment. So one very great example 
is Ocean Outfitters. Why would I push this um, specific tourism organization out? It is because of it being a nonprofit organization. Why is this helpful to the environment? Because all its profits, it being a nonprofit organization, and all its profits are given to different environmental groups. This is a prime example on how do we achieve this balance through not only gaining income, but to give out a helping hand towards the preservation of the environment. And that's what Ocean Outfitters has been doing. It's very unfortunate that I lost the opportunity to interview them due to time constraints. So that's quite an unfortunate thing because this organization really fits to what I'm looking at. However, let's go back to the interview with me and Colin. So Colin also introduced different stages of uh, different stages of this uh, tourism economy. So at the at this moment, the stage is the beginning stage, where, as he mentioned, tourism organizations just immediately um, push out zodiacs to bring tourists to whale watching and maybe forest walks and those kind of things just immediately rush to meet this demand and this is just basically the beginning stage where everyone's just like you know what wait there's more tourists now tourism organizations we have to rush out and um earn money we have to earn as much money as we can this is just the beginning stage on what the clackot sound biosphere region is doing however he mentioned that we are moving towards to achieve the second stage where it is much more important as it sticks more to the balance. So he mentioned, now we're trying to get it more sophisticated and figure out how we can leverage all of this prosperity or all of this money that's been generated from the tourism industry, but do it in a way that's more uh, integrated and communicative to the visitors. So he wants to not only... Um, receive this profit, but then try to leverage it and make it communicative and um, provide awareness towards tourists where uh, we can teach them about this region. And what is the most special thing about this region? Definitely the environment. So basically he's mentioning that by going to a more sophisticated way of uh, of this tourism aspect, tourism organizations are able to teach uh, the visitors about the environment as well as providing awareness to them about preserving it, leading to uh, my like leading to my last episode, I think episode seven, where I talk about the ways in providing awareness to tourists about the environment. There is one more thing about the balance that I would like to raise up. It's just basically only a concept at the moment, not really a solution. But then um, this is what I got out from the interview with the mayor of Euclid, so Mr. Mako Jane Noel. When I asked about this question, he talked about the shift affecting sustainability prices. What, uh, sorry, practices. What he said was the world's changing as we are not very remote anymore. And I think that some of the sustainability, for example, when fuel prices continue to rise, 
people would start thinking of traveling. So thinking of their traveling practices. So basically, this balance kind of shifts. So let's say, as mentioned as an example by uh, Mr. Michael J. Noel, when fuel prices continues to rise, people start to think of traveling. So by having this kind of concept in trying to leverage one part of something, so the public would try to shift towards the way that we want to, even though there's not a solution for this. By using this concept, we might be able to kind of push the public in doing something that can achieve both uh, economic development and environmental preservation. So as I mentioned, this is kind of a strategic equilibrium. In order to achieve this equilibrium, we have to be very, um, we have to think of many strategies, think of many ways and solutions to kind of leverage both of them. And it's just like a seesaw. So, you know, um, at this moment, the economic developed side might be heavier. So it might be uh, more towards the upside where the um, where the environmental preservation side would be down. So let's say someone sits on the environmental preservation side. It creates a burden towards the environmental preservation. So as you see from the seesaw at the moment, um, economic development's higher up. What we're trying to do right now is trying to find a balance. So to make sure that both sides have no burden and both sides are benefited. No one's going to sit on both sides, making the seesaw equal. This is basically what I'm trying to achieve in the balance of economic development and environmental sustainability. However, this is merely a concept and there's not really specific solutions for it, but I'm glad that I researched on this part. So thank you so much in dropping by for this episode. It is uh, compared with the previous episodes where I talked about impacts of uh, the environment and certain parts of the environment. This is kind of different. This is kind of more uh, concept-based episode. So um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and tune in for the next episode where I talked about uh, the policies, plans, and bylaws of these uh, of the environment at the moment. Do I think there is enough of them? And also, me revealing some new actions of maybe the government or different organizations to you guys. Thank you.